word. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. This is God's word. God said it. That settles it. So today, I open my ears. I open my eyes. I open my heart to receive this word. To be changed. Never to be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you just open it up and then just let me know where you're at and we'll just start there. Amen. Open up the very Genesis. Let's take a look at Genesis. We're going to start at the very beginning. I hope you got a lot of time here today because we're just going to start from Genesis and we're going to go to Revelations. I got a few people that said, cool. I got a few people that go, are he's kidding? Is he kidding? Relax. It'll be all right. We're just going to start out in Genesis today. Before I go into the message today that I, that I believe that the Lord has prepared for you, it's been one, I've had a message prepared for the last, I haven't been able to preach this thing for the last three services, so today I'm not going to preach it either. But uh, we're going to get into that maybe Wednesday, if the Lord is, is okay with that. I want it to be His timing. One of the things that we did talk about, uh, foundationally, we began a series called, you know, uh, like a Christian Foundation series, and we talked about the authority of the Word. Say, authority of the Word. And we talked about the authority of God's Word. And, and in Matthew, you know, he says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will remain. Amen? It'll, it'll stand forever. So we know that the Word of God is eternal. We know that in, in John, that the, the Word is flesh. Is Jesus Christ is the Word. He, is the, he, is, he was manifested in the flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And it's the Word of God that we, we have to believe and we have to stand on. So as you see your Bible, as you look at that Bible, and you realize that this, this is the inspired, inerrant Word of God. How many of you believe that? Say amen. amen. You know, if you don't, we want to shift your mindset here today. Because God said it, and that settles it. Even if I don't even have belief, it doesn't change that the Word is the Word. Say, the Word's the Word. I mean, it's not going to change it. It is powerful. It, it is alive. The Bible says it is sharper than a double-edged sword. It'll divide even a spirit and soul, even marrow and joint. I mean, that's what the Word of God does. And the Word of God needs to be alive in our lives. And I began to start thinking about the Word. And, and I said, you know, do you believe in the Word of God? Do you believe in the Word of God that it contains no errors? Anybody believe that? Amen? Yeah, we believe that. And we say, okay, the Word can be used for your marriage life. It can be used for your single life. Come on. Every aspect of your life, you can take this Word and you can apply this Word. You know, the Bible should be allowed to dictate our conduct in every area in our life. Say, every area. You know, we should, should be able to dictate our conduct. How I act, how I move, how I, how, what I say, and my emotions. The Bible should be able to dictate all of that in our lives. Are we allowing the Bible to dictate your doctrinal beliefs? Or are you just taking part of the word and ripping some out and saying, well, no, no, that, that was then, this is now? Are we taking this whole thing and saying, okay, God, from, from Genesis to Revelation, this word can help change me? Are we allowing the Bible to dictate us, not only in our doctrinal beliefs, are we lying, allowing the Bible to dictate us in our sexual content? In our context of sexuality, are we allowing the Bible to do that? When it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and give yourself up for you. Men, are you willing to give some stuff up for your wife? Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. 
Smile at him when you say that, though, okay? Are, are we allowing that to happen? Are we allowing our sexual conduct, are we allowing the Word of God? Or are we using this just for financial reasons only? And you know, I can get on the internet and look at pornography and it's okay. It's not okay. It's not good. Well, you know, I, I use it. I don't do that, preacher. You know, you, I don't do that. I, I, I'm, I'm delivered of that. I, I'm, I'm walking with God. I've, I've understood. I've got the Word of God on it. I'm not, I, I am allowing God to move in my life where it's concerning sexual conduct. But what about your finances? Are we allowing the Word of God to change us in every area of our life? How about financial accountability? Are you allowing the Word of God to change you? Change your thought process that we stand up here and we shred bills because Romans 13, 8 says to owe no man nothing but to love him. Wow. Are we allowing the Bible to change us in our relationships? You know, God wants us to have great relationships. Let me say that again. God wants us to have great relationships. Not just good relationships or okay relationships or so-so relationships. He wants us to have full relationships. Are we allowing the Bible to, to, to change how we feel in and, and, and family relationships? Are we allowing the Bible to be able to, you know, some family members don't even talk to each other. Are we allowing the, the principles and the Word of God to permeate our families, to grow inside us? You know, I begin to think about, are we allowing the Bible to be able to Come in line with the use of our time. Or are we getting so busy? Are we got so many different things to do that we just don't have time for you today, God? I, I just want to, just you don't understand, God. And I'm glad you're here today because many of you could have gone fishing, you could have gone golfing, you could have gone to the lake and went boating. Come on. So those of you that are doing that this afternoon, you're going you're gonna to catch a lot of fish. You're going to hit a lot of hole-in-ones. Amen? Because seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you as well. Amen? So everything that we're going to do this afternoon is going to be richer. It's going to be fuller. Today, as I was beginning to uh, put together this sermon, and the Lord said no, He changed that on Friday. He began to start speaking to me what, what He wanted me to bring forth today. And I want to look at something with us. If you will, let's, if you got your Bible, let's turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. I want to look at this today. I want to talk a little, about, a little bit about the power of your words. Now, we know about the power of God's word. We, we know that, man, when God spoke it, it happened. So let's look at this in Genesis chapter 1. I want us to just read through this. You can follow along with me. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. Let's just, let's just read this thing. Uh, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Verse 3 says what? God, then God said. God, God, God what? God He says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. I could stop there and preach that thing for an hour, amen? I'm telling you, God separated the light from darkness. What about you? Are you separating the light from darkness? He separated the light from darkness, and 
God called the light day and the darkness He called night. And there was evening and there was morning of one day. Verse 6 says what? (laughs) Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and morning of the second day. And verse 9 says what? Are y'all getting this? Verse 9 says, starts out with what? Then God said, He said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and He gathered the waters, and He called the seas, and God saw that it was... It was good. And verse 11 starts out and it says, and God said. <laughs> Ew, You got to get this. God said, let the earth and the sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their kind and seed in them. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind and trees bearing fruit and seed in them and after their kind. And God saw that it was... It was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And verse 14 starts out, and it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from night. Let the signs and the seasons for the days and years, let them be the lights for the expanse in the heavens and give light to the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, which is the sun, and the lesser light to govern the night which is the moon, and he made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw it was was good. I like the way you guys say good. Say that again. Good. I mean, it's like you just got a hold of something that was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And verse 20 starts out and he says... And God said, let the waters teem and the, and the swarms of living creatures and let the birds in the, above the earth and the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea, sea uh, uh, it says monsters and every living creature that moves and which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw it was, it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiplying and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And it was evening and there was morning of the fifth day. Verse 24 starts out and it says, And God said, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures after its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts, beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps upon the ground after its kind. And God saw it was... It was good. Verse 26 starts out and says, And God said, Let us make man. Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let him rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every living thing that creeps, that creeps on the earth. I want, to, I want to just pause there a minute. Stay where you're at. God gave man dominion over the earth right here. Do you see that? He made man in the image and in the likeness of God. And we have read through the first part of Genesis chapter 1, and it said, Then God 
said. God spoke things into existence. Verse 27, God created man in his image, and in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them. (laughs) I like that. And then God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish and over the sea and over the birds and the sky and over every living thing that moves along the earth. And verse 29 starts out and it says, Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, every tree which is fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird in the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that he had made. God creates when he makes. And behold, it was... My version says, very good, okay? It was very good, and there was the evening, and there was the morning of the sixth day. Why do we go back to Genesis? Why do we take a look at this, is what God said? Because I wanted you to see, if you're created in the image and the likeness of God, and God said this, and it happened, and God spoke this, and it happened, and God began to start bringing forth things that were happening in creation, and it happened by God's Word, then how should it happen for us to be able to create is by the power of your words. Oh, come on, are you getting this? It's not just God said it. Now, God wants to speak through you. God was prophesying to man when he said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, and to subdue the earth. See, this was the original intent in the garden. It's still God's intent right now is for us to be able to rule and for us to be able to reign. And I'm telling you, if we don't start with the words of our mouth, it's not going to happen. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Some of you that go, I don't know if I want to agree with that. See, we have to understand and we have to realize some things. That the power of our words, our words are strong. How many of you believe that the power of God's word is strong? Amen? Or there's power in God's word. There is power in God's word. And if you look that up in the Greek, it's a couple different words. Uh, um, One of them is exousia. And if you look that up, it means authority. There is authority in God's word and there should be authority in your words. That was weak. You don't have any problem, moms, dads, taking authority over your children when they're about ready to run out in the street. You say, Johnny, get back here now. And what's Johnny going to do? Woo-hoo. Sorry, mama. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I told you once, but what's wrong with you? You got a knot in your head. See what I mean? You don't mind taking that authority there. Come on. We don't mind speaking forth the word. And I'm thinking about, man, our words. Our words create life. And our words can create death. In fact, the Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words. Our words can create. It can bring forth life. And I want to eat the fruit of life, don't you? I want to be able to have the fruit of life. And I began to start thinking about this thing. And I thought, wait a minute. Are our words important? Are they important? Yeah, they are very important. And I think, I don't think I know. I know that our society has gotten to the point where words don't mean anything. Some words don't mean anything. Well, you know, and now they're they're trying to argue whether or not a B word is good or not. 
Come on, somebody. There was somebody that there was Don Imus. There was a guy that he, he used this word, and they're trying to make this word good. Oh, well, you know, it's a cultural thing. No, it's a bad word, period. I don't care whether you're black, white, red, yellow, green. That word is bad. There are words that we're going to have to stand up and say, well, no, don't twist it. Try to make it, make it good because it's not good. Well, you know, it really doesn't mean that. Yes, it does mean that. And it's not an edifying and uplifting word. I began to start thinking about our... I watched some things begin to start take place on the media, and they're trying to debate whether, oh, well, you know, it was meant in a good context, or it was a cultural thing because this word... No, no, it's still bad. It's a bad word. So I began to start thinking about the power of our words. And I want you guys to start thinking about the power of your words. Is there power in your words? Many of us, many of us have experienced the saying... Sticks and stones, come on, may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. What a lie from the depths of hell. <laughs> In fact, you could break my arm and probably be a whole lot better than start talking about my mama or start talking about me because words hurt. Every single one of us has been hurt by word. If we're, let's get real with God today. You're, 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 you've come to Living Word Fellowship, we get real with God. We're just going to strip away some stuff and we're going to get real with God. Because we've all been hurt by words. There's parents that have been hurt by the words of their children. There's children that have been hurt by the words of their parents. We've been hurt by words of school teachers and professors. We've been hurt by words of friends, family, different relatives. We've been hurt by different words. Every single one of us has been hurt by some different words. And if we are, according to Genesis, we are made in the image and in the likeness of God, then I think we're going to have to police something a little... We're going to have to do a greater job policing our words. Would anybody be in agreement with that? I mean, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me, all right? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> we, we all, look, let's be real. We're, we're all right. We're right. Husbands' words need to be more gentle to their, to their wives, and wives' words need to be more gentle to their husbands. And the husbands say? And the women say? Amen. Look, we don't want you coming in for counseling tomorrow. Amen? Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. I want to look at verses 33 through 37. I'll put it up on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. What I want you to know today is that, man, our words can create. And our words do create. We call those things that be not as though they were. Let's look at what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Verse 34, you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak of what is good? For the, mouth, for, for the mouth speaks out that which fills the heart. Let me pause there just a second. I hear you, Lord. I have to be careful because when I speak out something, when I... Oh, Lord. When I spew ventum, that, that there's something in here that's not right. When all of a sudden I'm a cobra, there's something in here that's not right. 
When I hear something and I rise up, are you with me? I didn't like her. I've never liked her. There's something in here that's not right. You must be laughing because you know it's the truth. Amen? And, and look, we're not into condemnation. We're into conviction of the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to convict you to say, you know what, he, he is right. There are some things that people come to us. I'm going to get real personal with you. There are some, and people come to us and they'll, they'll tell us some things like they don't like about us. And, um, and it used to hurt us first in the ministry, the very first few years. It doesn't hurt any longer. I mean, it still may hurt. It may sting some, but we don't, we don't let it get into our heart. Are you with me? Because what, what, I, what I say is this, and Shelly and I were talking about this one time. I hope she'll give me some latitude here. Is I said, Shelly, let's take what they say, and I want to know if there's any truth to what they're saying. So if somebody says something, um, you know, you should be doing this, or you should have been done that, or you could have done this. Or, I, I don't just discount it. I say, God, is there something there that is truth that I don't want because of pride or whatever it might be? I don't want to throw out, but I want to know, God, are you teaching me something through them? Because I began to realize and understand that out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And I realize that there's something going on in my heart I, heard, I read a book with John Maxwell, and, and, he, and he put it this way. He said, hurting people hurt people. So a lot of times, somebody that's spewing ventum, and it may be you, there might be some issues that, 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 that you're hurting with. Come on. That you're hurting with. So what we're actually doing is we're actually getting deeper into our heart, and whatever's in there is being revealed. And there's times where we might have a discussion, Shelly and I might have a discussion, and there'll be some things, some words that come out of my mouth <sighs> that, uh, that it makes me examine what's going on in my heart. Have I got my heart hardened in this area? Have I allowed the enemy to come in, or have I allowed my own selfishness to come in in this area and harden my heart? Let's look at verses 35 through 37. Because it says, for out of the mouth of the, the heart is the, which fills the house, the mouth speaks out which fills the heart. Now, I like what Jesus says right here. He says, the good man brings out his good treasure of what is good, and the evil man brings out the evil treasure of what is evil. And he goes on, here's how important our words are. And I hope today that you will realize how important your words are. <laughs> uh oh I should have got that little video clip from Thumper. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where Thumper's talking to his mom and, you know, and, and then he starts thumping that little foot and he says, my mom said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. You know what I mean? And, and my mother used to tell me a lot of that, but she never practiced it. This is the truth. My mother was very critical. My biological mother was very critical. Um, in ways I needed it because it kind of shaped some things in my life now. But if we don't have anything good to say, don't say anything good at all because it's important for our words. How important is it? Verse 
36 says, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, you see how important it is? They shall give an account for it in the day of judgment. And he goes on to say, he says, For by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be... (laughs) You know, in Psalms, there's a word in there, Selah. You know, and we read through it, and it's usually on the right-hand side of the page sticking out over there. I remember the first time I, I began to start reading Psalms, I was like, what's that thing over there? I thought, you know, it was an indentation margin note or something like that. But it, was, it means to, to think about this, to, to think about it. And Joshua says to meditate on his word day and night. And I began to start meditating on this. And I hope today something stirs within you to meditate on the words that come out of your mouth. Because you know what? We speak life, and I want you to speak life. I want you to call those things that be not as though they would. And we've had examples, and there's been times where people might say, well, you know, so-and-so, I mean, he's not living right, and she's not living right, and you'll come up and say, well, you know what, but they're trying. And if you hear anybody look at you like, what planet are you from? I'm from the planet God. Created by God, are you with me? Of the mind of Christ. I want to be the mind of Christ. And they're trying, and let's pray for them. And if somebody comes up and gossips to you, then be careful of the words that are being said. And a lot of times we can shut gossip down by, you know what we do? People will come up, and well, people don't come up to us anymore about gossip, but they'll come up to me and say, well, did you hear about so-and-so? And I'll say, well, let's pray for them. Father, we just lift them up to you right now. And I'm telling you, it will shut the gossip machine down. And I begin to think about this scripture that says, for by your words you are justified and by your words you're condemned. If we really, we we better praise God for Jesus. Because look, I'm not just talking about you guys, I'm talking about me. There's words that I've spoken out of my mouth and it's like, I want it back. I take it back, I take it. It's too late. I mean, once it's out, it's out. And you know what? It's in the atmosphere. And it resounds for all of creation, all of heaven, all of earth. It's out there. And you can't get it back. I want to rewind that. I like to rewind that thing and get it back, you know? It's like, man, I wish I hadn't said that. I'm sorry I said that. I can't believe that I I said that. And husbands and wives, you all know what we're talking about. There's words that have come forth. I began to, words are very, very important. Turn with me to James. Let's look at James chapter 3. And I just, I just want to go through this because I believe that God is putting his finger on some things and I want us to look at it. James chapter 3, all of us know about the tongue and, 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 and how evil and wicked the Bible says that the tongue is. But let's start at verse 5. He says, So also the tongue is a small part of the body and yet boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a fire. And the tongue is a fire. And the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members and that which defiles the entire body. Whoo! And it sets, the whole, uh, uh, sets on fire the course of our life. And it is set on fire by hell. These are strong, strong words. I mean, I'm talking about this is strong stuff. This is really strong stuff. He says, For every species of beasts and birds and 
reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless, evil, and full of deadly poison. Yikes! Whew! Now, I don't want you to take this scripture and just think you can say whatever you want to because the Bible says, my tongue is full of deadly poison. So That's what the Bible says. Are you with me? Well, maybe we need to take that tongue and cut it off. Does anybody know, was James talking to non-believers or believers? <laughs> You're right, believers. James is talking about you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him James is talking about you. <laughs> you won't say, well, pastor's talking about me. Now James is talking about you. <laughs> it's verse 9. He says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in what? The likeness of God. You've been made in the likeness of God. We've been created. When you're a Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new species of being. And you know what that new species of being is? It's a God species. You got God DNA running through your veins. I mean, wouldn't it be great if they said, we don't know who you belong to because we got some DNA we've never seen before. And you just tell them, well, that's God's DNA, you know. <laughs> We have never seen it before either. Amen? So we begin to look at this and he says that you're created, you've been made in the likeness of God. He says, from the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. Now, I like what he says right here. He says, my brethren, these things ought not to be this way. They shouldn't be so. I think one version said, it ought not be so, one version said. So do we speak words that are pleasing to God. That's all I'm asking. I'm asking you to check today and say, do I speak words that are pleasing to God? Well, well how do I know? I'm glad you asked. Because there's three things that I want to give you today that I want you to write these things down. I want you to get them in your spirit. And I want you to be able to understand and look at. There's three things that I want to give you that, that you can check to see if your words are pleasing to God. One of the things is that you need to consider about your words is this. If what I am about to say, how does it affect me? Okay? If what I'm going to say, how does it affect me? Well, let me see. It's about Shorty, and I was going to tell him about what a great job he's doing at his work, that I'd heard some really good things about that and his leadership abilities, and how's it going to affect me? Will it affect me? Probably, he'll, he'll probably think more of me. <laughs> and if I tell him how bad he's doing at work and, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, how it affect me? Directly, probably not. Indirectly, could. So the next thing I want you to find out and, and, and ask yourself, how's it going to affect him? How's it going to affect him? If we are going to say something, how's it going to affect Shorty? So if I begin to start saying something about his work, how's he going to receive? How's he going? How's it going to affect him? Is it going to affect him and impact him in a positive thing, or is it going to impact him in a negative thing? If I'm going to if I'm going to tell him how good a job I've heard about his work, what's it going to impact? It's going to be a positive thing. All right. Now here's another thing. Can we turn some heat on a little bit? Some heat or something on, or turn the air off, please? My hands are freezing up here. And 
Verse or number three, it says, how's it going to affect my relationship with God? If you will ask yourself, if you'll check in with the Holy Spirit and say, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect him or her? And number, the, the most important thing is, how is it going to affect my relationship with God? Are you with me? How is it going to affect my relationship with God? Luis, come on up here just a second. I'm going to utilize you. And I, I've, gave, I've given this analogy. This, you're God today, brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're God. And you create. You speak forth things. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to me. And, and I'm talking to you. And, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a relationship with God. I'm pretty close to God, aren't I? You know, but then I, I begin to gossip and, and sin. The Bible says to know the good that you ought to do and not to do it is sin. And so I miss the mark. And all of a sudden I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to God or farther away? And, and, and you know, I, I was gossiping about this person or I was saying some bad words about this person. And, and I, you know, I just don't know why God, where is God at? I, I've just been missing God. I, you know, I, I just, some, I've been dry. It just seems like I just don't have a relationship with God. God, where are you at? God, God, where are you at? Where, 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 where is God? I, you know, I, and then, and then I'm, I'm telling my wife exactly how the cow ate the cabbage. She needs to know. You know what? She needs to know. She needs to know exactly that I'm the man and she's the woman and she's supposed to bow down and when I thump my glass of tea, she better fill that thing up. Right? She, she, she's supposed to know that thing, right? But that, that's, that's what I'm but, but I'm... but I'm trying to find God, but I don't seem to see God. Where, where, where is God at? Do you, you know, Prophet Virginia, I've been really looking for God and I just can't seem to find Him. And I... You know, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to do things that are right, but, but you know what? You, why don't you get a different outfit? I mean, you've been wearing that for the same Sunday, three or four Sundays in a row, and you, you know, jeez, why don't you get a job? You know, you, you, now, but I'm trying to find God, right? I'm, I'm trying to find God. I, I don't know, God, where, you, where you're at, God, God, where, where are you, God? God, where are you, God? Oh, God, I need you. Now, my question is, who moved? I just cancel any of those words that I spoke to anybody about anybody in the name of Jesus. Do you get this illustration? Who moved? Did God move? Did he change his position? Mike, how you doing, man? Man, I just hear some really great things about you at work, and I know you work hard and provide for your family and do a wonderful time, and you're getting out of debt, and you, your bills are getting paid off, and everything else is, is taking place. And Tatum, you know what? The praise and worship team does a great job. You guys, you know, I just thank you for your faithfulness and all that you do, and, you know, you're just, you know, you're just anointed by God, and I just think it's a wonderful thing. And Marty, I know you've done a great job, and now you're, you're real estate, doing real estate and stuff, and God's really going to bless that. And, you know, I know your relationship with Terry is just going to grow and you guys are going to have a, 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 such a great relationship with God and all of a sudden I begin to start saying words that are edifying, that are uplifting, that, that, that minister grace to those that hear it and oh, hey God, what's up? How you doing? Man, I miss you God. It's been a long time. And you, you know, God, I'm sorry and you forgive me Lord for, for the words that I've spoken and, and because it has hurt my relationship with you God and I don't want to hurt anything with my relationship with God. 
Are you getting the analogy now? Let's give Luis some praise. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Before he walked away, he turned to me and he said, I forgive you. Oh, come on. We're all, we all long to hear those words from God, don't we? We all long to hear them. What I'm trying to get at today is that our words can bring death, separation from God. And our words can bring life. See, you have a powerful thing in it, and it's your tongue. It is a very powerful thing in you. And, and you can slice and dice. Some of us have Ronco tongues, amen? It slices and dices and does all sorts of things and cuts, you know, at a thousand uh, you know, miles per hour. And we can cut up that stuff and, you know, for 1995 you can get one, right? How is it affecting you? That's what I want you to ask yourself. How is it affecting me? How is it affecting who I'm speaking to? What impact is it making on their life? Is it impacting them for the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light? Or maybe they just don't know the kingdom of light because the Bible says you're a double-minded man. You know, you're unstable in all your ways. And why should you ask and receive anything of the Lord? Because you're this way today and that way tomorrow. And that's why we taught on faith. That's why we're going to continue to teach on faith. Because you need to walk by faith. You need to understand the righteousness of God. You need to understand the holiness of God. Paul stoned Stephen, was there at the stoning of Stephen. But yet he stood before a, a, a king Agrippa, I think, and he said, I have wronged no man. I was like, what? Is that the same guy I read about over here? It can be, because he understood the righteousness of God. He understood that when he confessed his sin, that God was faithful and just to forgive him of his sin and cleanse him from all unrighteousness. He had thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. Amen. He moved it away, excuse me, as far as the east is from the west, never for them to meet. Amen? So we begin to look at this, and I thought, man, God, what about your words? What about, what about what's taking place? And if I can just take these three simple things and say, how is it going to affect Irma when I talk to her? And how is it going to affect me when I talk to her? Well, it may not affect her. It may not affect me. But what about my relationship with God? It may not be about Irma. It may not be about me. It may not affect either one of us in that way directly, but it will affect my direct relationship with God. And all of a sudden, I've turned the corner, and I'm wondering, God, where are you at? I can't see you anymore. God, where are you at? I want to see you. God, I miss you. God, where are you at? And God's just saying, we just clean up your mouth. Right? Let me give you some scriptures here real quick. Write these down. Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Uh, you need these scriptures. And I'll, I'll get them printed up and we'll put them, put them on a sheet and we'll hand them out to you. There is one who seeks rashly like the thrust, speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword. You know anybody like that? But the tongue of the wise brings what? The tongue of the wise brings healing. Whew. I want a tongue that brings healing, don't you? Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, <laughs> but a harsh word stirs up anger, stirs up dissension. A gentle answer turns away wrath. And your voice tone, you know, your voice tone, be careful of your voice tone. Because I could tell my wife, I love you! 
And is she going to receive that? Yeah, she's going to receive it and she's going to say, what? Or she'll go, I love you too. I'm thinking, well, she don't love me. She's thinking, oh, you don't love me either. So be careful of your voice inflection, your voice tone. Proverbs 12, 20, 12 18. One who speaks rashly, uh, speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Um, Proverbs 12, 25 said, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15, 23 says, A man hath joy in the answer of his mouth, and a word in due season. The Bible says, How good it is. How good it is. How good it is. When you give somebody a word in due season, and it's not just the prophetic word that he's talking about here, but it's an edifying, strengthening, and uplifting word. Proverbs 16, 24. Do we have that up on there? Let's look at Proverbs 16, 24. I love this scripture. And I want you to get this inside you. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Oh, I don't know about you, but I kind of am fond of sugar. I like honey. I remember when I used to wrestle in high school that I couldn't eat much, but I, I'd go through a jar of honey, man, because it would give me energy, instant sugar. I mean, we, I, could, I could eat that honey before my matches. I'd just take bottles of honey and drink it. That explains some things, honey. You realize and understand that now. <laughs> now, are those words like a honeycomb? Are they sweet to the soul? Are they healing to the bones? I love you, honey. You're an awesome woman of God. I'm thankful for you. I'm glad you're in my life, and I praise God for that. Each and every one of you, I can say the same thing too. Now that's going to make you feel good. And I'm not just making you feel good just so you can feel good. I truly mean it from the heart. And I began to start thinking about the scripture. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Man, I, a honeycomb. I mean, you know, you talk about sucking some honey. You know, you could be Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. Go get some honey, man. Stick his whole head in the jar. But that's what words are like. Words are like that. Did you know that? I mean, did you know that the words you speak can be like honeycomb? They can be sweet to the, to the soul. And what I like, there's a physical impact on it too. Healing to the bones. There's a physical impact that your words can have. See, we just think, well, it's just God's word. But no, no, there is a physical impact that your words can have on somebody also. It's good. Look at Proverbs 25, 11. Like apples of gold, settings in silver. Those of you ladies that like, you know, some jewelry, some fine stuff. It says, like apples of gold and settings of silver. A word spoken in the right circumstances. You speak a word in the right circumstances, it'll be like apples of gold and a setting silver. It'll be like some of the finest jewelry. Some of the finest dishware. <laughs> Come on. Some of the finest things in, 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 in your life can come forth with a word spoken in the right circumstances. Let's look at Isaiah 50, verse 4, the first part of verse 4. It says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Wow. I believe this is a word in season 
to you that is weary here today. I believe this is a word in season that you're saying, you know what? I can watch the words of my mouth and watch it change. Let's take a look at this. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but that which is edifying and uplifting, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Check out the Message Bible. This is what the Message Bible says. It says, Ephesians 4.29, it says, Watch the way you talk. <laughs> let no or nothing, no foul thing or dirty thing come out of your mouth. Say only what helps that each word is a gift. Whew. Let's read this together. All right? Ready? Read. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a gift. Now, I, I, I read through that, and it just gave me goosebumps like it's doing now. And I thought, each word a gift. Now, that's some weird stuff, isn't it? Wait a minute, you're telling me that each word that I say can actually be a gift to you. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. It can be a gift to you, Brandon. The words that I speak can be a gift to you. Well, maybe you don't want a gift. I think we all like gifts, don't we? It can be a... Did you realize that? Do you realize that when you speak something, it can be a gift to you? Here, sweetheart, here's a gift to you. Not just the prophetic word. That too, because the prophetic word should be edifying and uplifting and encouraging to the hearer. You with me? (laughs) A gift. How many gifts are we given? How many gifts? Scholar, you want me to play? Can you play some chords? Chords? A couple chords? That'd be great. You did an awesome job today. Amen. And if some of you don't think he did an awesome job, just be glad he didn't call me. Amen? Now that word's not very edifying, uplifting. Well, you know, it's the truth. And I don't get offended by it, but it is the truth. I mean, I'm just not gifted in that area. Amen? But think about the gift that we have to give others. And what would it be if the body of Christ can begin to wrap their mind around the words of our mouth and begin to start speaking forth things and say, what an awesome job you've done. What a great job you have. What, what a, you know what, you're right where God has placed you to be. And a lot of times we get into situations where all we hear is the negative. Psychologists say that it takes, it takes 20 positives to, 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 to override one negative. If that's the case, then we've got a long way to go. Are you with me? But think about our words. I want us to begin to start. I want you to start thinking about your word. I, I, I worked for a, a wholesale company, and, and, and one of the owner's sons, um, he, he, uh, you would talk to him, Delbert, and he would, you'd ask him a question. And how many of you have, have been in this? You know, you ask somebody a question, then you kind of answer your own question because they took too long to answer the question that you asked. <laughs> well, Craig was that way. He would, he would sit there and he'd think. 
And I really believe he was being very careful on how he was choosing his words. All I'm saying is that I think we need to do that. (laughs) What would it be? What would your life be like in the next year? 12 to 18 months if we started being careful of what we said. If we said, you know what? I could tell them exactly how to cow ate the cabbage. I could tell them exactly what the deal is. But it's not going to help me. It's not going to help him. And it's going to hurt my relationship with God. If we will watch the words of our mouth. If we'll begin to start. Now listen, here's what I understood from one Friday night, those of you that are here. That with the apostolic authority becomes, comes, some people are thinking like it's a pyramid, you know, and I'm at the top. It is an inverted pyramid. And I'm at the bottom. And all the responsibility and the weight is here. Are you with me? And if we walk in a greater authority and the words that we speak hold a greater authority, then what about the words that you speak? Yeah. The shift that's taken place is also shifted for you. I know that we're going to start speaking some good words. I know that when people at work say, you know what, I just don't think I can get this. I've been struggling with this manual for a long time. I just don't know if I can get it. That you're going to be able to come up to them and you're going to say, you know what, you are smart. You can do this. You can do this. You can walk in the things of God. You can step forward. You have the mind of Christ. You have the wisdom of God. It's at your disposal. I know that you're going to be able to get this. I know that you're going to be able to find this. I know that you're going to have the strength and the courage. And don't get weary in well-doing. For you shall reap if you faint not. You're going to be able to do it. You're going to be able to walk. You're going to get that harvest. It's coming. I, you know, I don't know how it's going to come. I don't know what's going on. But I see it on the horizon. I see things beginning to come. I see us beginning to step out and walk in a new way. I see things beginning to change in your lives. And I see the blessing of the Lord to come upon you and to overtake you if we will just continue to be careful of what we say and how we say it and speak words of faith and not words of fear. Woo! I done preach myself happy. I can go home. Word of faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do it. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you can do it. Tell him, tell him you're an awesome man or woman of God. Whichever it is, you tell him you're an awesome man and woman of God. Well, you know what? I know them and I don't like them and, and it doesn't matter what you like. God said, call those things that be not as though they were. Amen. So when somebody begin to see me in the mire and the muck and say, you know what? You're going to be an awesome man of God. I thought, are you nuts? I don't even know God. Get God out of my face. I don't even want to know God. And guess what's happening today? Amen. Yeah. Huh. Woo. Hallelujah. Think about that. We're going to get this thing. We are going to get this thing and we're going to, your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Yes, the word of God is powerful. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Say, my words are powerful. Say, I got power. It means, say it like you mean it, like I got the power. (laughs) I got the power. 
You got the power. You got the power in your mouth. You can begin to speak forth things. I mean, there's some of us that are trying to get over some stuff. You're going to be able to get over it. Oh, I believe it's dropping off today. I believe it's falling off. I believe the word was that when the things that so easily entangle us are going to fall off and you're going to continue to run the race. Somebody get ready to hit the turbo boost button. Amen. <laughs> I want to hit that turbo. Nitro. That's it. Nitro, isn't it, Marvin? Hit that nitro button. You know what I mean? Hey, this is cool. We're just going to move forward in the things of God. Let's stand up this morning. I am so excited for us to be able to get this thing. I, I think about the pleasant words, pleasant as a honeycomb, <laughs> just dripping sweet. I think about it brings healing to the body. It brings healing to your bones. <laughs> Say this in the name of Jesus. I can do it. I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I am the blessed of God. No matter what my situation is now, I am the blessed of God. And from this day forward, I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to speak words that are edifying, that are encouraging, that it may minister grace to those that hear it. My words that I speak are going to be a gift. I'm going to give gifts today in Jesus' name. Now you believe it, give the Lord some praise in this house. Amen? You believe it, get some Lord to praise. I'm telling you, you're going to speak it forth today. And you know what? You might get... Here's, here's, a, here's a catch of the enemy. Because our ears are going to be open today to hear what our mouth is saying. There was a time where man, I used to cuss like a sailor. I'm telling you what, I was... Nobody could cuss better than I could cuss. I could do a blue streak. You know what I mean? I don't know if they say that in Oklahoma or not, but back where I was from, I could cuss a blue streak. In other words, it was the turbo booster. I could cuss that way. I didn't realize how much I used profanity. Until the Spirit of the Lord opened my ears. And when he opened my ears, I said, oh my, is that me? And God began to say, yeah, that's you. And he said, that's not in my image. And that's not in my likeness. And I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. Now, it took me a struggle for a while, but I mean, little by little by little by little, and all of a sudden it was gone. But what would happen is that somebody would come up, even gossip. Sometimes some of y'all got to stop gossiping. So when people come up to you and they start to gossip or you want to say something that is not good, that's going to hurt you, that's going to hurt them, that's going to hurt your relationship with God, what will happen is this. You'll say, well, I, uh, and they'll go, it's okay, tell me. No, it's not okay. All right? Don't let somebody talk you in to bringing words out of there that don't belong out. Are you with me? How many of you ever experienced that? Let's just be honest with the Lord. We've gone to say something. It's like, well, you know this one? And then the Spirit of God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And you're obedient to the Spirit of God. You go, you go, oh, never mind. And they go, no, no, it's okay. Oh, you can trust me. It's all right. Please tell me, Terry. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> and guess what? You end up telling them, and your words have power. So let's be obedient to the Spirit of God. Let me pray for you today. 
Father, I just thank you and I just pray a blessing over this congregation, your people, your fellowship that you've brought here today. God, I'm asking you to seal this word to us today. Let us realize and understand how powerful our words are that we speak. And God, we're made in your image and your likeness. We, we have the mind of Christ and we want to, we want to, we want to edify, Lord God, those that, that hear us today. And not only just today, but every day. God, help us as we grow. Help us as we now experience the power of our words. I'm asking you by the spirit of the living God to open our ears to hear what our mouth is saying. And Lord God, anything that's in our heart, Lord God, let us be like David. I release the anointing of David upon this house today. The anointing of David. That anointing is those that are quick to repent and turn away from it. Repent means to turn away, not just to say, I'm sorry I got caught. But true repentance is to turn away from it and never do it again. I just release the anointing of David upon the house today. Just lift your hands. You want to receive that anointing. I believe that, that you will be quick to repent. That the people at your workplace, people at school, people at your, your, your spouse, all of a sudden you'll begin to repent. You, when they say something, you'll say, honey, I'm sorry. Uh, and they'll go, what? Who is this? Because they're going to begin to see this anointing of David being released in their life. We just release that now in Jesus' name. We release it now in Jesus' name. Quick to repent. Quick to, to analyze and say, wait a minute. Well, if what I'm going to say, is it going to be a gift to this person that I'm going to say it? Let's give good gifts to others in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Listen, a couple things real quick. Listen, before we go, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask the ministry teams to come. We'll pray.